Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ravens Recap, episode 10, baby. Let's go. We are wrapping up the preseason. We got our final rosters, and we're heading headlong right into week one against Miami. But let's get started recapping those rosters that we went through last week. How do we do, guys? For the most part, we did pretty well, I think, and which isn't too much of a surprise as we were talking about last week, the final 53 we felt was pretty set and I feel like a lot of other Ravens fans listening to this felt the same way there were a couple surprises though which we'll get into our roster predictions right away so we can we can talk about those to start off with at the QB position surprise to some Ravens fans despite the fact that he was getting a lot of hype after his game against the Eagles Trace McSworley did make the Ravens roster along with the expected Lamar Jackson and RG3, which two of the three of us predicted that. Yeah, I was the odd man out on that one. But you know what? It makes sense. I, I knew there wasn't a world in which McSorley was going to surpass RG3. So RG3 was going to be the second quarterback. Just all came down to a numbers of like, I felt like we were going to pick up another backup lineman or like another cornerback. But surprisingly this year, you know, the numbers fell in the, both those position groups. So he made it on the roster. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens use McSorley in the season. I mean, are they going to dress him? Is he going to be like a Taysom Hill like they suggested he might be when he was drafted. Uh, we didn't really see much of that in the preseason, but obviously the Ravens could just be trying to hide that. So we'll see what that does. But I will say, I know that if you guys remember the first podcast we did after the game against the Jaguars, first preseason podcast that is, not our first pod, we, did, we didn't Weren't really too high on McSworley after that, but, you know, he's shown some improvement. There's still some throws he's not making um, (laughs) that, you know, you you hope we don't need him to be the starter at any point this season, but he's shown shown some potential to be someone who who can play in this league at some point, I think. Well, look, man, I don't know if you guys were recording right now, Thursday Night Football's on, Mitch Trubisky doesn't look much better. (laughs) Like... Oh, oh man. no, he's had some errant throws. I mean, I mean, Mr. <laughs> Rogers isn't doing looking too well either. He's only given me eight <laughs> fantasy points so far in ESPN league, making me look like I'm stupid for uh, going with him over Mr. Lamar for week one. <laughs> Wait, you? Oh man, oh, man. You, I, I feel like you got to our <laughs> dude against the against the Bears. I would have so Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I very rarely pick up Ravens players in fantasy because I don't want Homer bias to infiltrate my decisions. So, and I mean, in total retrospect, yeah, Rogers going against the Bears on the road, Lamar's going against the Dolphins defense, the Dolphins aren't even trying. Yes, that's a stupid move, no matter who, what fan bias you're going with. But <laughs> that's just my rationale. It was a stupid play. Won't do it again. <laughs> Alec was literally telling Peter and I before this podcast too about how he might have to quit fantasy football next year because he's, he's being so right. tilted all the time. Alec, I feel like that <laughs> just pushed you over the edge. <laughs> so if you guys oh, remember, was it last episode or two episodes? We uh, Last episode. Yeah, it was last episode. <laughs> we uh, mentioned that there was a league rule in the league that the three of us are in, that whoever drafts Antonio Brown has to 
changed their team name to Severed Fishheads. So, uh, Alec, you want to you want to uh, continue the story of how that how that's currently going in our league? Yeah. So I was the fool or brilliant GM who <laughs> decided to spend forty dollars on our good buddy AB eighty four. So you might be wondering who I could have gotten for that same forty dollars. Well, I could have gotten Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. They all went for thirty nine. So. Needless to say, I was tilting today when the news came out that the Raiders are looking to probably suspend him for no one knows how long because of his most recent tiff with the GM. <sighs> I didn't want him. And front of the pod, Chris, he and I were talking about because he drafted in, in our other league. We both didn't want him. But then when the time came and he was there and we were like, but he's so much like, quote unquote, better than the other guys if he isn't a nut job. <laughs> we did it. Uh, yeah some guys on your draft board man you just have to wipe them off character concerns you know that's what the real gms do <laughs> you know <laughs> these guys might have talent but they don't want to have to deal with the nutcase they take them off their boards that's what i did yeah that was wise potentially i did make a really cool avatar though <laughs> yeah your avatar shirt. is currently winning not just our league but any league that i can think of i've ever been in it's the best <laughs> fantasy football avatar of all time that's true that's true <laughs> gotta use those photoshop skills every once in a while so continuing now with the roster this is an interesting one but we got the running backs correct well uh well i guess did anyone have dixon sticking around i did yeah we did actually yeah so dixon is a weird case he was put in the ir which isn't making the roster but it's also not being taken off the roster but now it sounds like there's going to be a settlement with him and he will be released so i don't know i guess stay tuned with the dixon information i thought at first that he wasn't actually even injured but it sounds like he like broke his kneecap or something crazy like that yeah i don't know what happened because he looked pretty healthy from what i saw in that game against washington i mean he looked like the kenneth dixon that we've all gotten to know you know making people miss in the open field, getting chunks of yardage, but not really big chunks. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but also not 100% surprised. Like if you guys remember in the podcast when we were doing this, I even mentioned that I, I had Kenneth Dixon as my last guy making the roster over Seth Roberts, but even during the preseason game, I could I knew that wasn't going to happen. They were They were running Dixon too much in my opinion, for that game. And I think even at one point, I saw on the sideline Seth Roberts in street clothes joking with John Harbaugh, and that kind of showed, yeah, okay, yeah. They still they could have a place on this team for for Roberts, even though we as fans aren't really, haven't gotten to see it yet. So not a huge surprise. I do feel bad for the guy, though. You got to wonder, is this the end of his career? Because every year... He's been in the NFL. He's either got these knee problems or, you know, he was suspended the one year. They say the number one number one thing you can bring to the team is availability. And unfortunately for Dixon, he's, you know, just a slightly I mean, I don't even know if you can say he's a slightly above average, he's pretty much average player who does a couple things pretty well. I don't know. I hope there's a place in the NFL for him, but you got to wonder at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's totally up to him, you know, as, as far as whether these injuries are are things that he wants to continue to bounce back from. It definitely is a shame, you know, especially given his rookie year. He he showed 
some potential, but what can, what can you do, man? Uh, we've given him the opportunities, but times he's been healthy, he hasn't really taken advantage of him a lot. And even when he does, you know, he gets tweaked up, man. I, you know, you, you got to feel for the guy though. But um, I guess why don't we also go into uh, wide receivers as well, since we brought up Roberts. So I know the, the, uh, only thing that I think I had, um, I had uh, Michael Floyd making the team over Roberts. Uh, <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> I probably said this last episode too. <laughs> Didn't really make much sense. Uh, Robert uh, Floyd was one of the uh, first cuts, <laughs> so thought he showed something. I don't know if another team might pick him up, or if a team has picked him up yet. Like, uh, like you said, Peter, I think. When we were seeing at the the end of the fourth preseason game, we were seeing Roberts talk to John Harbaugh on the sidelines. I think that made it pretty clear that he was going to stick around. Yeah, and something I saw today that I remember seeing when we first signed Roberts back in April, which is probably another reason why the he's got a part of the plans for the Ravens this year is how much the Ravens liked his run blocking when they went to sign him in free agency. Now, obviously that's not a skill that is going to excite a lot of the fan base, but you need your receivers to block as well. In addition to the the linemen and the tight ends and the running backs. So if he's really as good of a blocker as they're leading on, then he's going to have a big place on the plans for this year. Right. Yeah. I think the, the one thing I brought up in, uh, I guess it was that little sound clip mashup that Alec made for when we went to the Jacksonville game preseason week one <laughs> was that uh, I remember Roberts coming out of the tunnel when he was being introduced. <laughs> and the thing I could immediately think of is when I went to the Oakland game last year and he ripped us for like six, seven receptions, like a hundred yards. I'm like, this guy like barely eclipses a couple hundred yards a season. And over here, he's just like lighting us up. And, you know, I knew immediately after that, that the Ravens, usually pick up players like that you know that's how people like lee evans came on he, he totally ripped us for over 100 yards and back in 2010 and we decided the next year oh yeah we'll pick you up you know if you beat us that bad then you must be pretty good there's something about you that we like <laughs> so roberts was like the same thing of you know as soon as i heard we signed him i'm like yeah that's a raven signing that makes a lot of sense i would say that the offensive line was a very interesting area because we had an unsuspected trade of Illuminor. Yeah, that was something none of us saw coming. And with the Ravens, man, between Illuminor and, and Vedvik and Lewis, I mean, the cost has been getting some value out of these guys who weren't going to be making the team, which is pretty good. But none of us had this move, but it really shouldn't come as a surprise. I think, you know, there are a lot of reports coming out of camp that, you know, Luminor came into training camp out of shape and he really wasn't making the impact that the coaches were hoping for. So in that sense, the trade wasn't surprising. I guess it was surprising in just the fact that there were a lot of pundits covering the Ravens who thought that Illuminor had the inside track at getting the left guard starting spot coming into the season. And with that position being so thin, you would think you would want to keep anyone who could be competent in that role. But I guess the Ravens feel more comfortable with the the potential for with the the young guys, uh, Senate and Makari. That kind of trumps what they've seen from Illuminor so far. Yeah, I think the news uh, the trade broke. 
I don't know, maybe a day or two after we recorded. I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said there, Peter. Of uh, I, I remember reading some news about uh, Luminor, maybe not taking full advantage of some of the reps that he were getting. But um, I, I, the only thing that makes me think that it may have been a combination of that is just the maneuvering that we did get from the Patriots when we traded it for him. So I think, what was it? We traded him and a sixth round pick and turned that into a fourth round pick. So I'm wondering if if maybe there was something with the Patriots also really wanting a, a depth guy or, or really wanting to take a flyer on him, if, if that also played into the decision a little bit. Maybe they got, you know, maybe they got an offer that they were like, oh, you know what? You know, we're not really liking what we're seeing from this guy and this offer just seems a little bit too good, you know, too good to be true. You know, we, we should, we should take it now, just like we do with Vedvik, you know, sell high and, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and just move on. And I guess with the most surprising cut of the whole team, Willie Henry was cut after an impressive rookie season. Kind of saw that coming because of how late he went into the fourth quarter of the Washington game. And there was some negative press about him around that time. I honestly think, I think he was the first one I heard about. What about you guys? I think the first one I heard about was Shane Ray, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was part of that first day of, of cuts, I believe. I guess, yeah, he, he just wasn't wowing the coaches in training camp. Well, it's interesting, actually, this about this cutdown period. Um, I was looking back at the 2016 draft. If you guys remember, that was the year we had... We took five guys in the fourth round, and that was a move that at the time we were like, oh, well, a lot of these guys seem like steals that the Ravens were stacking there. And now three of those guys within a month, Alex Lewis, Willie Henry, and Kenneth Dixon are essentially off the Ravens. Oh, wow. Only leaving Tavon Young, who's very good when he's healthy, but unfortunately is now missing two two of his four first seasons in the NFL and Chris Moore, who's been a special teams warrior, but still a guy that you're waiting to be someone who is at least somewhat dependable as a receiver. So yeah, that uh, interesting to see how those picks have, have progressed in their careers. And it's uh, well, Graham's gotten some picks out of it, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Just looking at the roster, how the the numbers look between offense and defense it i think it feels like to me that you can definitely see the ravens moving in a more offense focused direction just from some of the numbers here i mean i usually expect the ravens to take more guys on defense so you would see maybe a couple more d linemen or linebackers or something like that I do think it's a little odd that we only have five D linemen, which is one of the reasons why I put down Henry is that I assume six is a is a pretty good number for that. I mean, we we have you know two or three starting guys. They rotate fairly frequently. You would think you want to have a, a at least six guys to have a good rotation going. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, we've decided to go with three quarterbacks. We've decided to go with nine O-linemen. We have three tight ends, and, and frankly, all of them are starting material. Like, it, it's going to be really strange, I think, if you saw one of Boyle, Andrews, or Hurst inactive on game day. 
So all of those guys are going to be playing. I mean, with some of those numbers, you just don't have the flexibility in other positions. So, yeah, I mean, combining, you know, Henry's sort of just complete inactivity in the preseason, you know, we just didn't see anything from the guy. I guess, you know, when you add that up against our desire to move in the, on the offensive side of the ball, I guess the coaches were just like, you know what? It's really not worth us keeping him around, you know. If you know, maybe if if we if we were to have a need for it later, and he's still available, we might still pick him up. But in the meantime, you know, we just can't have a guy on the roster like that, you know, because we have so many other things that we want to do. Yeah, you bring up a good point, Chris. That this roster is constructed differently than we would generally see with the Ravens, um, whether it be the Brian Billick era or the John Harbaugh era under with Joe Flacco. They're going with a different personnel on offense. They're trying out a lot of these new guys, and you're seeing a bit more balance to the roster than you usually would. And part of that, I guess, has to do with some of these surprise cuts that you're seeing. So Willie Henry hasn't been picked up by any other teams. Some guys who were cut, though, have been picked up are Bennett Jackson, for instance. So by the Jets, no less. They love their uh, ex-Ravens, it seems. Picked him and Vedvik up the same day. Next up is the linebacker position. Not too much to talk about as far as surprises there. I mean, I think pretty much everyone that we said made it. Alec did put in some faith in Shane Ray. That faith was not warranted. Shane Ray's gone. But the rest of the guys are there. I mean, you know, we've been talking so much about the surprise cuts and some of the disappointment. I think maybe we can can use this to to shine some light on the Ravens keeping up their uh, undrafted free agent streak going strong with yet another undrafted free agent making the team this year in Otaro Alaka, a guy who, I don't know about you guys, for me, when we first saw him make some plays against Jacksonville, that was the first time I was even aware the guy was on the team. And he showed up in that game, and he's making plays in every game of the preseason and definitely earned his spot onto the roster. I don't know what it is about these inside linebackers, man, that we can just pick them off off the street and they're just so good. I mean, I'm I'm not saying Alaka is going to be like a pro bowl or even an all, you know, an all pro or anything, but like, dang, like, you know, you can definitely tell that, you know, there's some guys out there like that, like a, you know, like him, like Chris Board, like Peanut Owasso, of you see them out there just flying around the ball, making tackles, making plays. And you could just, you know, you see that like different level of, of energy from these guys, even in preseason. It's just, it's awesome. I'm glad he made the roster, even if it's only just for special teams this year. This year, right. But I mean, he, he could make a career of himself out here. You never know. Yeah. If you can play special teams, you can play defense, you can play for the Ravens. <laughs> we will find a spot for you. I think he'll get some reps, even as a, a you know change of pace, uh, get a breather for the other guys. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So then moving on to the secondary, where I would say there's a couple surprises here. There was some talk among the Ravens reporters that Maurice Canada was on the way out. I think most of us had him off the roster, but still, that was somewhat of a surprise. A guy who coming into the training camp looked like a guy who would would have a chance to grab the the fifth cornerback spot on the roster. Just doesn't seem like it it worked out at this time. 
I think he made the practice squad, though. Did, is he on the practice squad? Yeah, yeah, he did. So, I mean, maybe, maybe his time in Baltimore isn't 100% out. We'll see. We'll see if he gets another chance. But another surprise about a player who did make the team, uh, only Alec had this guy, uh, Brendan Trawick, is back on the Ravens as the last addition to the roster after the Ravens moved Iman Marshall to the injured reserve, which was a move that we did predict. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm a little surprised maybe that we brought Trawick back. I mean, I didn't think I... I didn't think he stood out that much in preseason, but obviously he's a vet. He's been around the Ravens before. It seems like he has some versatility too. I remember him playing a little bit of uh, free safety, strong safety. I think we even brought him up like a Levine type inside linebacker in some situations. So having that versatility and special teams ability <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but I think other than that, I think that's that's pretty much it. I mean, we, we covered, there's also the safety group and the special teams. I, I think we hit all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no surprises with the Wolfpack. The Wolfpack is back. <laughs> Shock anyone. Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott both made the roster, despite being cut in Alex's roster, I think. <laughs> well, just Chuck Clark. Just Chuck Clark? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, and, and like I said, man, after I realized I left Ray in there, I was like, oh, I could have an extra guy. Clark wouldn't have gotten cut. Or Dixon, it was one of those two. So <laughs> it, that that was just uh, that was just pure sloppiness on my end. But yeah, you know we had those four big preseason games to better understand our roster. Peter would argue we have another preseason game coming up against Miami <laughs> to continue evaluating the roster. We were looking at the depth chart to figure out how we did against our predictions. We saw for guard they had Bozeman or Powers or Makari as the starter for left guard. So with rosters like that, you know, we're going to see a lot of things. And I think this offense is going to be quite interesting uh, to start off the year, particularly with the wide receiver position so much in flux. I think we'll see all six of those heads involved, which is kind of unusual for a a passing core. Yeah, I mean, if this game goes the way that we think that it's going to go, which we can all give our predictions when we're done talking about the game and want to move on to season predictions. But I, I think the Ravens should give give all those guys at least a series where they're where they're running out there and acting as the starter. I mean, give give Hollywood Brown and Boykin at least a series to get their feet wet in the NFL. Uh, try and feed Hayden Hurst. Try and get him to to have a, a good game. Give these left guards each an opportunity to to see what they do in some real game action because the Ravens are playing probably the team that's going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. You want to take advantage of of this opportunity to give the young guys a chance because this is going to be your best option to do that. Now, of course, anything can happen, and the Ravens, you know, they got to actually show up and and not beat themselves Full Patriots right exactly because I mean honestly with all due respect to the Miami Dolphins the only way I see the Ravens losing this game is is if they beat themselves people are talking about oh well you never know when Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to go off that's true but I mean he's he's not playing in an offense this year where he has Mike Evans and and Deshaun Jackson and he's not in an offense where he has Brandon Marshall and and Stevie Johnson or even in an offense where 
He had DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the the Dolphins traded away anyone who was worthwhile on their roster. <laughs> they're they're the Ravens are basically playing the the football equivalent of the 2019 Baltimore Orioles to start the season oh. and have no excuse of losing. I'm sorry. Oh man, I'm telling how how it is. <laughs> Man, I was Man. I wasn't gonna go that far, but I mean you're I mean you're right. I mean they're 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 I mean they traded away Tunsil, uh, Stills. They traded away Kiko Alonso. I mean they're 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 trading players to acquire picks. Man, they're playing for the future. So in in all reality, I mean they're probably not going to be that great. I mean the Jets did the same exact thing last year, and they made a lot of good moves this year. So you know maybe the Jets might be good, but when you have a roster like that, you just you're you're not playing for today. So. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think the only challenge, actually, now that I'm looking over this roster, too, is that as much as we want to get all of our young receivers and tight ends and, and running backs involved, remember that we do need to have uh, a couple players inactive. <laughs> and if we have all of our yeah. wide receivers and tight ends all active, well, that means we might have, like, I don't know, three <laughs> three cornerbacks, two safeties, Middle linebacker, like that'll be all enough. Those guys inactive. The Ravens could could play with nine men on the field and and beat the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I, this has to stop. This There's no way. Stop, dude. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Hey, look, man. When the nine on elevens, I think Kenyon Drake he would make us pay. Yeah, right. <laughs> they still have some skill players. Yeah. Hey, man. Look, I, I I'm not. I might seem like a homer because this is the our first podcast doing where we're doing the prediction of the games but i'll be hard on the ravens when they're going against you know like the chiefs and the and the steelers and stuff i just i just call it like it is and the ravens should win this game (laughs) that's right all right well mr bold prediction over here nine on 11 ravens still win do you got another bold prediction that you want to put on the table for this game or for the season which are we doing right now for the just for this game for this game bold prediction for this game I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but it's what I think will happen. I think on offense, four separate Ravens players score touchdowns. Ooh. That's kind of in the vein of mine where I say Lamar, Hill, and Ingram all have rushing touchdowns. Okay. I also thought about saying that all the rookie, like top rookies, Hill, Brown, and Boykin would all have a touchdown, mm-hmm. but that seems a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they can't all happen. Right, right. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, I, I kind of, when you guys brought that up, I kind of had maybe two. I mean, one, Hollywood's going to be playing very close to his hometown in Hollywood, Florida. I could see him going out kind of like uh, Torrey Smith did in his first game that he was out and light it up for 100 yards, two touchdowns. But that's not so fun because you guys already did the offense. So I'm going to go on the defense. Um, this will be my bold prediction. I'm going to say that Humphrey picks off Fitzpatrick twice Ooh, i like it so i don't want to say like the whole cornerback team is going to have like five interceptions because i mean who knows with fitzpatrick but i'll go humphrey because i know he's been having a good preseason everyone's hyped about him on the defense i think he'll get two picks all right do you want to do game score predictions i think we already know what what our picks are for the win loss outcome of this look man last year i missed the bills game the start off the season and I was wowed to find out that we beat them like forty-two to three. I'm gonna take that score, forty-two to three, baby. Oof. We're just gonna lay into them. Oh man! <laughs> Interesting, Chris. I, 
<laughs> I won't go that bad. But to be honest, I mean, you got you kind of got something there, Alec. I mean, the Ravens have generally started off really well week one. I mean, I'm thinking back to like 2011 where we beat the Steelers 35-7. to That was a great game, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to go like, I don't know, I'll, I'll say 35-10. to I feel like Fitzpatrick or, or Rosen or one of those guys might get like a touchdown at the in garbage time or something. I was thinking similar to Chris's pick. I already wrote down before Chris said anything, 30 to 16 Ravens. So I'm going to stick with that. I think, like I said, four different Ravens score touchdowns on offense. Ravens fail a two-point conversion, get a Tucker field goal. That's where the 30 comes. <laughs> okay, okay. It's 30-9, to nine, entering the last minute of the game, and then Josh Rosen yeah. <laughs> gets a short five-yard dump-off touchdown, and that ends things. There you go. Who's it going to? Drake? <laughs> like, you give him such detail. <laughs> who's, who's it, that it is going to... Um, what's his face? No, no, no. Who's that rookie guy? Preston <laughs> Preston Williams that, that made some noise in, in preseason. All right. Yeah, so it was 47-3 to against the Bills. I had to be on a plane that day, which was a little bit disappointing to miss the game that way, but I was so very pleased to hear when I landed how, uh, how much domination had occurred. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good way to start the season last year. Still didn't help the Ravens from, you know, their yearly, their annual October funk, but still fun while that lasted. Moving on. So we're, you know, it's the beginning of the season. Everyone is giving their predictions for how the season's going to start. You know, who's going to win the divisions, the Super Bowl. We're going to keep going with those predictions. How about we pick some predictions for the for Ravens in the statistical category. I like, I think Chris should go here because we uh, sniped him before. <laughs> oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. I haven't even <laughs> written down my answers yet. Ah. Uh, no, that's okay. I can, I can go do that. I'm going to go off the cuff. <laughs> Bold predictions. And if I totally F it up, you guys can yell at me later. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we've got receptions. So I'm thinking... Honestly, this year, I'm thinking Andrews. I think it was Sneed last year. I think with um, the uh, push to get Hollywood uh, some more playing time, and maybe even Boykin, probably a little bit later in the year, I think Andrews is probably going to be a little bit more uh, consistent as far as playing time. So I'll say he leads in receptions. I mean, I might give you like, I don't know, if we're going for like a number, I'd say like between 50 or 60. All right, so I also wrote down... Mark Andrews as my prediction for who gets the most receptions. I just feel like him and Lamar built a chemistry last year. And I think that's going to keep going into this year. Plus, you know, we know through Todd Heap, Dennis Pitta, Shannon Sharp, Owen Daniels, the Ravens love to find a way to get the tight end involved. And I think that's going to continue this year with Mr. Mark Andrews. I see Alec is going to make this interesting and pick someone different. Yeah, you know, you got Hayden Hurst going in there, going to be trying to steal some of those receptions. Our good buddy, Boyle. And I'm going with Marquise Hollywood-Brown, partially because I have to to stay on brand, partially because I think it's true. I think he's going to get a lot of underneath work and also have those long plays. I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense. 
I'm excited to see him healthy and getting involved. All right, then. So moving on to, to rushing yards, who wants to lead this one off? I, I, barring an injury, I feel like there's only one answer. I mean, it's got to be Ingram. I mean, as, as much as we'd love to see our boy Justice Hill take off, I, I think his time is, you know, next year. I'm sure he'll have a good amount of contributions this year, but I don't think he's going to surpass Ingram. Feels right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people might be saying Lamar. I think if Lamar is leading the team in rushing, that means something bad happened. I think Mark Ingram is the guy. I will say I actually think that Gus Edwards will challenge him more for that than people think. I think you're still going to see a lot of Gus this year along with Mark. Um, but I still think Ingram leads the team in rushing. Right. So with my receptions come the yards, I have Hollywood as the receiving yards leader. I'm also going receptions equals yards, Mr. Mark Andrews as well. Oh, man. Well, who do I go, Mark? So I think I might have to go with Hollywood. I'll go with Alec on this one. For those of you listening along home, I think every time we enter Hollywood's name in the <laughs> in these <laughs> predictions, we spell it with more O's at the end <laughs> each time. <laughs> So for touchdowns, I feel like Lamar gets a pass, right? Like he yeah, so for, cannot choose Lamar. Is he is this <laughs> is this total touchdowns? Are we doing receiving or rushing? Yeah, so so rushing, rushing and receiving touchdowns. For rushing, I'm going with Lamar Action Jackson. All right. He's gonna he's gonna prematurely run it in uh, every time and we'll be like, Oh, we thought we had a few more plays to get a touchdown and he's just gonna do it. I <laughs> saw that a lot last year. <laughs> like like seriously. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. He's gonna he's gonna snipe them all. <laughs> and who do you have for re- receiving? It's gotta be Hollywood, man. <laughs> I would say I would say actually, uh, Mark Andrews will have a very interesting contribution, but uh, I, I'm still sticking with Hollywood. <laughs> Got more O's, <laughs> Hollywood. All right. So I'm gonna make things interesting with my two picks, just because I like to have some interesting picks because not every. Th- Usually things don't go 100% as we thought. Um, okay. You know, going into last year, who would have thought that Alex Collins, of all players, would have led the Ravens in rushing touchdowns, especially considering how long it took for him to score a rushing touchdown in his season of 2017. I'm making an interesting pick for rushing touchdowns. I'm going to say Gus the Bus Edwards leads the Ravens in rushing touchdowns. Okay. And then for receiving... I am sticking with my bold prediction from the first, and we're going to see Miles Boykin make a big contribution in the red zone his rookie year to lead the Ravens in receiving touchdowns. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I, I don't, I, at least for me, I don't see the Gus Edwards uh, leading in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns as too much of a surprise. I mean, he's a big dude. I could see him. Um, being a really good goal line back for us but yeah we'll see all right so i guess to round this out i will probably go i'll probably go lamar for rushing touchdowns it's yeah again i mean you know one of the difficult things with this offense too is we have so many dynamic guys and when we have lamar into the mix you know who can be a rushing threat at any point if he wants to you know take a chance <laughs> picking who's going to lead in touchdowns it's just it's just a crapshoot but I'll go Lamar because at least we know he's going to be on the field all the time, unlike all of our other running backs. So for receiving, I'll actually uh, I'll throw this in a little bit because I really want to see this guy succeed. I'm going to say Hayden Hurst. 
So I think one I thing like we it. saw from from Andrews last year is that uh, he ha- he did have a couple touchdowns, but I know there were a couple of plays that he you know make a long catch and he get tackled inside the five, <laughs> and then someone else would knock it in. I'm really hoping that Hayden and Lamar uh, get a little bit more of their chemistry, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Uh, you know, hopefully they can get that within the red zone because I think that's something we're missing um, as far as receiving threats. And so I think Hayden could be that guy. Yeah, that'll be definitely great to see to see Hayden Hurst bounce back from that uh, disappointment, injury-riddled year last year. All right, moving on to sacks. I feel like we're we're gonna have similar answers here. I gotta I gotta say my boy Matt Judon for this one. I thought about being different and doing Jalen Ferguson, but Sack Daddy <laughs> will have to sit down a year, and uh, it's going to be Mr. Judon. Hmm. Did I was that my bold prediction in uh, around the draft? Did, did I say <laughs> Did I say Ferguson was going to lead? You had you sacks? had a, a a bold prediction about Ferguson doing something. I forget what. I think you said you would have ten sacks. You'd have ten sacks. That's how many that uh, that's how many Sizzle had. That's more than Judon's had in any season. That's right. I'll go Ferguson. I think. Oh. I think. I yeah. You know, it, it's it's really hard, and this is going to be super bold because uh, obviously I already talked about earlier about having to uh, keep a couple guys inactive. You know, we've only got five inside linebacker or outside linebackers. He's probably the last one in the depth chart. <laughs> but then, to be honest, you know, Williams and Bowser. Their careers haven't really taken off either, so I think he's got a chance to surpass them a little bit. But as much as I love Judon, man, he is very hot and cold. You know, there's some games he'll go off and he'll get three sacks, four sacks, and he'll just like completely take over a game. And then for two or three weeks in a row, you just won't see him. So I'm hoping Ferguson could be a little bit more of a consistent player. So I'll pick him. That's my my bold uh, season predictions as far as stats goes. So, Chris, interceptions, I'm thinking you're going to go with Humphrey based off your two picks going into this game. Are you putting words in my mouth? Okay. Put words in your mouth. Is that, that's my prediction. You don't have to do it. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm thinking my bold prediction is that that's going to be your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'll keep that. You guys can give yours. I had Earl Thomas. I'm going to – this will be the first one where we all have a different answer. I'm going to go with uh, the old vet, Brandon Carr. Oh, wow. Hey, he did tie for the team lead in interceptions last year. Shockingly enough, the team lead in interceptions last year was only two. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, it was well diversified. (laughs) Everyone got their piece. Yeah, you get a pick. You get a pick. You get a pick. (laughs) All right, over to sheet two for Alec. We've got here our division winners and wildcard winners. I felt like the AFC was a lot easier to nail down the NFC. I don't know if it's because we play them more often or just because there's more separation between the best teams and the, the lower teams. How did you guys feel when doing these ranks? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I will admit, for the AFC, for me, I had a hard time figuring out who might be a sleeper team, just because, I mean, looking at at teams of last year who might make the leap, I mean, teams like the Jaguars, the Broncos, the Jets, I just don't know. Don't know how strongly I feel about whether they can do that. But the NFC feels a lot more open. There feels like less teams that are entrenched in the top roles, in my opinion. And sounds like that's what you also felt. Yep. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to just uh, say who we where your predictions are, one through six? Do you want to 
go through it division by division? I was thinking we would go division by division. Okay. Start out with, with home base, AFC North. Ravens. Next. <laughs> You're off the pod if you say anything else. <laughs> are you off the pod or are you being, being realistic, man? <laughs> nah. I mean, in the future, you know, many years from now, when the Ravens aren't as dominant of a force, I would think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all agree that they're not going to win the division or something like that. But uh, at this this year, at least for me, there's no one else man, that can win it. I, I can't be too much of a homer, man. I do actually think the Steelers have the inside track this year. What? I just feel like... What? I feel like they got rid of the drama from their locker room. They still got the more veteran team. I think it's going to be close between the Ravens and Steelers, but I think the Steelers win it by by a game or two this year. I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just looking at my unbiased opinion here. Well, I'm with you, Alec. Ravens. All the way. I'm rooting for you guys to be right over myself. (laughs) All right. AFC East. uh, No surprises here, probably. I... Hope the Patriots can be dethroned. Sorry, not sorry, listener Chris, but uh, I don't see it happening this year. Uh, Maybe the Bills will do it. I don't think they're quite there yet. The Jets, I can see the Jets going either way, but I I think it's still the Patriots this year. I concur with that. Alec, what about you? Oh, yeah, Patriots. I don't like it, but got to be realistic here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, th- their division's the weakest division, in my opinion. <laughs> like, outside of them, not. I mean, we already talked pretty. about how, you know, poorly Miami is probably going to be doing this year. So I don't think there's much more to say about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Want to move on to the AFC South? Yeah. The most interesting division now that uh, Mr. Luck retired and you got Lamar Miller going out for the year. This is the division where I made my interesting pick. I think that it, I. I Picking for now, don't feel strongly about this pick, that the Jaguars figure things out again. And Nick Foles is just good enough for them to, you know, win the AFC South at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. So that's my prediction. I appreciate the riskiness. Houston Texans. <laughs> um, I think I'll agree with you, Peter. On, uh, I'll go Jacksonville for the South. At first I had nice. uh, Tennessee in there because I think they, I believe they won the, their division last year. No, they were third. No, we kicked them out of the wild card spot. Yeah, I'll go Jacksonville with you, Peter. Uh, at first, I was thinking Titans because I think they uh, shown a little bit of promise last year near the tail end of the season with their defense and uh, Derrick Henry finally finding his footing. Then I remembered uh, we're not sure who's going to be the quarterback for the Titans. <laughs> and at least the Jaguars seem to have that position locked down with Nick Foles. So I, I think with the whole mess between... You know, Andrew Luck retiring, and who knows what the Texans are going to do. I think the Jaguars probably have a good chance to come back out on top. All right, AFC West. Was anyone creative and said someone besides the Chiefs? No, I have the Chiefs. My wild cards will compensate for that fact. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've got the Chiefs too. I got the Chargers. I think that... Oh! I think. I think that... The Chiefs are still going to be very good this year. I think they'll be they'll have a slight step down because NFL coaches have had a whole offseason to digest that offense. And I mean the Chargers almost beat them last year. And I mean I know they're going to be missing Derwin James for a bit. That's going to hurt them. But they were able to win without Melvin Gordon last year. They they beat the Chiefs without Melvin Gordon last year. So, I think the Chargers can win that division this year. Now for my wild card picks, 
all right, you know, people can can stop getting mad at me about my Steelers pick for the division. I do have the Ravens as the top wild card, slightly edging out the Chiefs at as the sixth seed. I have Cleveland in the wild card slot. I'm a Cleveland believer that they will be a good team this year, and I have the Chargers. Okay, all right. You have the so do you have the Chargers in the sixth spot below Cleveland? Oh, I didn't have those ordered. I would assume Chargers are better. Okay, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I think between Kansas City and uh, LA Chargers. I feel like like last year, it's just going to be a toss-up of who has the better record at the very end. But I think they're both going to be really good. So the Chargers are my top wild card. I'm going to make a bold prediction here because I am a Joe Flacco truther. Denver will take the last spot. And that, is, I'm sure, is very controversial. <laughs> they could do it. I have I have Denver along with the Jets and Houston as my next three out. We'll see. I think I think Joe's gonna like having half his games up in Denver. I think that'll be good for his deep ball. Yeah, I think it w- it would definitely be something to see if three teams from the AFC West made it. But you never know. You never know. You guys, want to move on to the NFC? Yeah, let's do that. The conference we don't know as much about because you know we watch the football, but we we focus more on the Ravens games. So NFC North, I had the winner being one of these two teams that's playing tonight. And that would be the Green Bay Packers winning that division under their new leadership. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I had Chicago. I mean, that defense still looks lethal. I'm a Tariq Cohen truther. I understand that I gave a lot of crap for Mitch, and uh, I don't think he's particularly great. But I think when you have a good defense like that and a solid running a game, you might be all right. Yeah, I agree with you, Alec. I think Chicago's defense is really good at the moment. Yeah, Chicago definitely has the defensive edge. I, I just think that with a new coach and Rodgers, after being having two injury-riddled seasons, I think he's got a fire lit under him to to get back the Packers back to the postseason. For the South, I have the Saints winning. I am... Well, the NFC South, man, when was the last time they had back-to-back division champs? That like never happens with them. It's like the most parody uh, division in football. So I am not going with the Saints. I'm going with a supposedly healthy Cam Newton in the Carolina Panthers. Oh, understandable, understandable. Have we heard any news about Cam? I know. I realize it's not Ravens news. I don't even know if we play them this year. I think he's good to go. I think he's good to go. I I bought him in fantasy, so I think that that doesn't mean anything. You bought AB. <laughs> Guys, I've been canceled. You know what? <laughs> Chris is right. I retire from my post on Ravens recap from fantasy football. I bequeath my <laughs> my rosters to uh, listener K-Fish, correspondent K-Fish, and I'm out. <laughs> Enjoy your book club with Andrew Luck. Uh, oh. oh, no. Oh, man. I think, oh, man, I feel like that's kind of bold, Peter. I'm going to go with Alec on this one. Pause, 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 pause. <laughs> I have to bring up the fact Cam Noon, he seems okay health wise. But <laughs> but did you guys see the video of him uh breaking the record for most catches in a minute one handed? Yeah, what was it? K Fish shared that on the uh the group me. 
I, I, I shared it. I thought. Oh, you shared it? Yeah. Because I said he was the most alpha looking human when he won. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like flex and he just looked monstrous. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, he looks so amped. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a guy. But yeah, he's, he seems healthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, f- I feel like Peter's prediction's a kind of bold i don't know i'm i'm still wary of whether cam is actually going to be healthy or not i'm going to go with new orleans although peter you do bring up a good point about it being very difficult for them to have back-to-back division winners so now i'm a little skeptical <laughs> but uh there there's gonna be a couple teams that surprise us i mean the bears progressed way quicker than anyone thought they would last year and the rams were a surprise two years ago so i mean right. Something's going to happen that's that's going to seem bold. Right. I think the East is the division I think has the most parity because they all are kind of mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Eagles winning, but not by much. Yeah, this is a division that always seems to not be decided until the last week of the season. I'm also going with the Eagles, who supposedly have a healthy Carson Wentz and a billion receivers, and that should should be the... And Miles Sanders. Yes. And that should be the difference in that division. All right. Yeah, I, I can't see the I can't see the Redskins or the Giants winning it unless Daniel Jones just takes over week two and I don't know becomes the next <laughs> Peyton Manning <laughs> becomes Eli's brother. <laughs> I'm gonna go Dallas for this one now that we know that Zeke is coming back. Although I I do pick. I do think Philly is gonna be pretty good. All right. So what about the West? I don't feel great about this pick because they got a lot of turnover on their roster, but I picked the Seahawks. Cool. Yeah, Seahawks are an interesting team this year for sure. That said, I can't go against McVay. I'm going with the Rams. Super Bowl hangovers are a real thing, though. That's right. I know. That's right. That's why I picked the Seahawks. I don't think the Rams Ooh, are going to make it back. Wow! Wow! Not even in the wild card. Uh, no. Nope. Whoa! I don't think they are. Oh, Chris, I I have to hear more about your wild card picks then. Bold right, predictions. Well. <laughs> well, we can get into them right now if you want. Let's do it. All right. Well, I think I've got Philadelphia that's taking the fifth, and then Green Bay will take the final wild card spot. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Peter. I think Green Bay is probably going to surprise some people this year with the turnaround. And honestly, I mean, yeah, with Gurley's health, we we really, I really don't know if he's going to be able to play a full season. I'm a little worried about that. I think Goff was exposed last year in the playoffs. I really don't think he's he's that great of a quarterback. And I really don't think Weddle is going to add that much to that defense, to be honest. So I think they take a step back. I also do not have the Rams in my wild card, although I do have them in my last three out list. I have number five seed being the Saints, number six seed, kind of a surprise here with the Vikings under the zone uh, running scheme with Dalvin Cook. I'm kind of high on Cook this year. Mm. And I have the Rams, Bears, and Lions as the the last three out, but giving the edge to the Saints and Vikings for the wild card. All right, all right. So, Chris, I thought we were going to have this in common because we were saying these teams were looking pretty good. I had the Cowboys in the wild card and Carolina. I don't know how I would rank those. I feel like Carolina's a little bit better than the Cowboys, so we'll say that. Okay. And last but not least, we have to have our Super Bowl picks. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know about if I can really give a Super Bowl pick that I feel super confident in. But right now, 
where I led after thinking about this for a couple minutes. Uh, Saints over the Chargers. All right, all right. I'll go last. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if I can't have Baltimore over New Orleans, you know, that's my homer pick. <laughs> then I might have, uh, let's say, Green Bay over New England. Jeez. Oh, man. Whoa. Wow. Man, that is a bold prediction. All right, guys. You know, we talk about being homers. I'm unapologetically a homer. <laughs> I'm I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this is my homer pick. I'm gonna say this is the Alec pick. The Ravens are gonna go to the ship. They're gonna win it. Because I, I just feel like this team's special. And I know I'm overly optimistic most of the time and I try to correct for my over optimism. But man, I just I have so much faith in Lamar Jackson. I think he's gonna put it all together for us. So he will deliver on his promise year two. Who does he beat? It's a good question. I didn't know we had to have the actual matchup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I think it's going to be between the Saints and the Rams, just like it was last year. I like the idea of Saints getting redemption. I'm sorry that they're going to have to get crushed Super Bowl by the Ravens, but we know when the Ravens go to the Super Bowl, they don't lose. You can turn off the lights. You can yell all you want about Ray Lewis. They don't lose. All right, I'm rooting for Alex's season predictions this year over my own and Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, man, I, I I think Lamar's a special player. I think he had a little bit of a an oops, a little bit of a choke in his performance against the Chargers. He would be the first one to tell you that. But I think with another year under his belt, more confidence, more weapons, I think he's able to pull it off. I really do. We'll see. Because I think last year, I think last year, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think we were all pretty excited about the team and, and thought anything was possible. And uh, I think there's just a better situation this year. So I think we just take that and ride it right to the Super Bowl. We'll see. I think the Ravens have a lot of potential on the roster. I think a lot of that potential may be a couple seasons off from all coming together. But we'll see. We'll see. I will very happily be proven wrong if the Ravens get further than the divisional round of the playoffs, which is, I think, is their ceiling this year. Yeah. I won't be unhappy if the Ravens make the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I'll be over the moon. But yeah, like Peter said, I feel like probably next year will be the start of our run. And to be honest too, man, like I, you know, we may have talked about this before, although because we started kind of around draft, maybe we didn't. But honestly, yeah, I mean, I was I was a little upset, you know, when Lamar kind of came out of the playoff game against the Chargers flat. But honestly, in the second half, man, he played really well. You know, I, it, it hurt at the time, but in hindsight, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff to show from that. So, I mean, if we could just channel <laughs> the stuff that he brought in that second uh, second half of the game, and then the rest of the time where you know we went six and one and, and barely lost, you know, that one loss was just barely, you know, against the Chiefs. We channel that into something and we add some more weapons to that. Like there's definitely a lot of potential, a lot of potential, especially on the offense. But, you know, like Peter said, you know, there's still a lot of question marks and it's really hard to make that prediction, especially week one. Maybe if we make some mid-season predictions, we review after we've had a couple games under our belt, we'll probably have a better you know, idea of, of where this team could end up. 
But for now, let's just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I hope we get a huge win this week. Start off the season strong. Go into the next week. Get another big win at home for the fans. Be a great way to start. Before we end today's show, we want to bring notice to the Ravens Recap Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash Ravens Recap, you can find three different tiers to support us. We've got Friend of the Pod. We've got X Factors, which I think is the tier everyone wants to be a part of. And if you want to be even more generous, you can become a correspondent of Ravens Recap. So basically, Friend of the Pod will give you a shout out. X Factors, you can get all of my uh, DFS picks of which I will be posting on Saturday morning because I'm still tinkering on my roster. I made a lot of edits today on the elevator ride to my apartment and I'm uh, still not 100% sure what I'm going to do. And then at the top tier, it's a correspondence tier, uh, we invite you to send us in audio clips and maybe even be a guest on the show from time to time if one of us can't do the show, stuff like that. So if you like the show, we'd love if you uh, would support us a little bit and make this hobby into uh, a little bit more than that. Again, if you could tell your friends about us, that'd be awesome. Leave a review in the iTunes store or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts. That'd be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Football's back.